Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi, Leslie's executive producer, filling in for the aforementioned Leslie. She will be back tomorrow at her normal time of 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, in our last half hour, I am joined by Marina Fang of the Huffington Post. She's the associate politics editor at HuffPost based in Washington, D.C. Bureau. She graduated from the University of Chicago, and she is joining us to discuss criminal justice reform, which uh, is getting a lot of attention in our nation's capital. You heard President Obama uh, talk about it a few different times this past week. Um, But just in case uh, some of you didn't, uh, we wanted to recap some of his comments so we're going to play a quick clip here by president obama and then come back uh with marina to discuss the initiatives that the president is pushing for in criminal justice reform it's also important for us to acknowledge that our prisons are crowded with not only hardcore violent offenders but also some nonviolent offenders serving very long sentences for drug crimes at taxpayer expense And it's important to acknowledge that having millions of black and Latino men in the criminal justice system without any ability for most of them to find a job after release, and most of them will eventually be released, that's not a sustainable situation. It is possible for us to come up with strategies that effectively reduce the damage of the drug trade without relying solely on incarceration. And the reason I say that is because we've seen states and local police departments and law enforcement do it. States from Texas to South Carolina to California and Connecticut have already reduced their prison populations over the last five years and seen their crime rates fall. So let's take some of the $80 billion we spend each year to keep people locked up. Not all of it, because like I said, some of those folks you want behind bars. But let's look at the system and see where areas where we can use some of that money to help law enforcement go after drug kingpins and violent gangs and terrorists. And if we can get some with a drug addiction or mental health issue into treatment, That may save us some money that allows us to put a murderer in that jail cell instead. When we do that, we're not just making it more likely that a nonviolent offender can be reintegrated into society. We're making the entire community safer. That, of course, was President Obama. And now to join us in discussing this topic, as we had mentioned, we have Marina Fang, the associate politics editor at The Huffington Post. Marina, welcome to The Leslie Marshall Show. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, what's your reaction to the president's not only initiative, but his comments? Uh, you know, before I give my whole take, I, it sounds pretty common sense to me. It sounds like it's pretty overdue and it sounds like a smart move for our country. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think what's worth noting is that a lot of the things that he's proposing, um, for example, he yesterday he was in Newark. I think that the clip that you played was from that yes. appearance yesterday. He was talking a lot about um, rehabilitation for former inmates and how we don't have a good system for helping 
former inmates reintegrate back into society, for example, getting jobs and housing. And a lot of these initiatives that he announced yesterday are actually based on successful state and local programs. And so, yeah, I'd agree a lot of this stuff is, is really is really important and, and really common sense, but just hasn't been implemented on the national level. Now, we've currently got more than 2 million people incarcerated in the United States, and each year about 600,000 or more are released back into society. And, you know, as you know, they face, you know, really a lack of jobs, housing, and mental health services that puts many, uh, you know, on the short-term path back to prison, as President Obama described as a cycle of, you know, incarceration that he was referring to in this previous clip. Um, Some of the things that, you know, we might be able to do to help with this, or one of the things is uh, potentially an executive action to, quote-unquote, ban the box. Well, can you tell us more about this, what you wrote about in your article? Yes. So one of the initiatives he announced yesterday was an executive action to do, as you said, what's called ban the box. And that's referring to um, normally when you apply for a job on the application, there's a little box that you have to check. Um, and next to it, it'll ask you, have you been ever have you ever been convicted of a crime? Sometimes a little more specific, like a felony or a misdemeanor. But in general, um, on a lot of job applications, you'll see that there's a question about the applicant's criminal history. And so what banning the box does is it removes that question so that um, a former inmate or someone with a criminal background won't be automatically disqualified because they have a criminal history. It'll allow them to potentially prove their qualifications for that job um, instead of just automatically be put into the um, in the you know the bottom of the pile. And and that's really important because, um, as you mentioned, one of the big obstacles for former inmates reintegrating into society is just not being able to find a job um, and having their criminal history be an obstacle. So you hear, you know, a lot of people who oppose this saying, oh, you know, it's an, it's an employer's right to, to know if someone's been convicted of a crime or has a criminal history. But they don't, to my knowledge, they don't lose that option. It just right. comes up in the interview process versus just throwing out their application when you see that box checked. Is that correct? Right. Absolutely. Um, the big right. The the big thing that's something that critics have said. But the big thing is it's not. It just it just makes sure that they they're not automatically disqualified because of their criminal history. Sometimes employers will be wary of that, and so they won't know right away. But it could still come up, like you said, in the interview process or um, you know in doing a background check. But it's not you know, the first immediate thing that a potential employer sees. Now, speaking of the Ban the Box initiative, this, obviously, the the executive action only applies to federal employees, not to contractors, which, you know, unfortunately is kind of a, a, a shortfall of it, I guess you could say, um, go- government contractors not having to, uh, to abide by this. But there are some... Um, areas, you know, private uh, employers who have already taken the initiative to ban the box. Isn't that correct? Yes. And and also some, um, I believe about 19 states have some form of a ban the box policy. And I think about 100 different cities and municipalities. Um, But the federal contractors, unfortunately, that's something that I think Congress can 
can do. And that's something that the president is hoping that Congress can pass. Um, and there's some legislation actually from Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey, who he appeared with yesterday. Um, he's been doing a lot in that area. Now, usually you would think, oh, it's going to Congress, forget about it. But there are some, you know, bipartisan, um, I guess you could say there's some bipartisan interest in uh, considering legislation to, to cut sentences for nonviolent drug offenders. Um, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. And could that extend potentially to ban the box federally? Yeah, I think um, Rand Paul is someone who's been pretty outspoken about uh, these issues. Um, he's He actually has worked with Senator Booker on these issues. I think Ban the Box is one of the pieces of legislation that he's been working on with Booker and some other senators. So, yeah, I, I think that, that there is some appetite for reform on both sides of the political aisle. I think it's an issue that, that resonates with people, particularly libertarians, because I think, for example, with drug policy, that's something that appeals to them, and they understand the, the urgency for, for example, reforming the mandatory minimum sentences for nonviolent offenders, because that is a big problem, just having people in jail for pretty minimal crimes. And and so, yeah, I think Senator Paul has been the, one of the outspoken people on on the right for that. But it's, I don't know, it's hard to say. I don't think that bill has been introduced on the floor yet. And so it'll be it'll be hard to to see if it actually moves forward. But um, it's definitely an encouraging sign to see people on both sides of the aisle feel the need to raise these issues pr pretty prominently. Now, a lot of people are very critical of, you know, our prison system, basically saying that the for-profit prison system, you know, obviously it's in their interest to keep the numbers up. The more people that we incarcerate, the more money that we make. Uh, how has that come up in this discussion um, or, or has it at all yet? Well, I think this, yeah, I, I think that's one issue, um, but it's. I think part of it is it's what's this, what's called the prison industrial complex. The sense that, you know, these prisons do make a lot of money from from inmates. They're essentially like a giant business, and actually, a lot of prisons are run by private corporations. Um, but I don't know. I think that's a, it's, sometimes it's a bit of a cop out just to say, well, we don't want to fix this problem because we we lose money. Yeah, well, and, and you you kind of we alluded to it with the president's clip. He talks about you know if taxpayers are concerned about saving money, you can actually save money by not having these nonviolent drug offenders uh, you know go to prison and instead use that money to go after uh, more of the hardened criminals. So I think he makes an, an effective pitch, um, if you will, in describing this platform. Now, you know, a lot of people have noticed, and the president has just outright said, he wants to make this uh, a priority in the waning uh, time of his presidency. Um, in addition to nonviolent drug offenders trying to um, make some changes there, we saw changes uh, to the law last year, which is going to... Um, sentencing changes, rather, uh, which is going to uh, release uh, thousands of inmates into the population. Um, you know, some people, like I believe the uh, New York City 
police commissioner have talked about some of his concerns against it. But um, largely, I think this has been seen as a, a positive move. Um, you're going to probably see about tens of thousands of people who are going to benefit from these changes in drug sentences. But the challenge, you know, I think is you have to look at it as a whole picture, which is they get released. OK, but what are they getting released to? One of the things that the president is working on, which you talked about, is changing ban the box so they can try to get a job. But obviously, that's not the whole uh, equation because um, you have to worry about housing as well. Uh, is there mm-hmm. going to be any changes yeah. in the housing aspect of it? Yeah, actually, one of the one of the other initiatives that he announced yesterday, in addition to the executive action on ban the box, involves housing. Um, the Department of Housing and Urban Development is going to allocate money towards providing more legal services to help place people into public housing, um, and then also provide housing grants. So that's also an encouraging sign because, again, just like with with applying for jobs, applying for housing is often an issue for former inmates because, again, that criminal history aspect will come up. We're going to take a uh, call here, a uh, caller who wants to talk about criminal justice reform, uh, a regular caller to the show, uh, Michael from the Bronx. I know you wanted to uh, comment or question on this topic with uh, Marina Fang and myself. So, uh, Michael, go ahead. The floor is yours. Thank you, Mark, and hello, Marina. Great to speak with you. Um, it's a lot to say about this criminal justice reform, and as a longtime supporter of President Obama, I hope he discusses this. Um, even further, because for one thing, the band of box that you had pointed out, um, let's not forget that there are several um, people wrongly convicted, innocent people that have been wrongly convicted and placed in prison that are stuck with a conviction record they shouldn't have, and that's mainly due to incompetence, mistakes, or even willful misconduct by police, prosecutors, or even judges for that matter. And having said that, we all know that it's usually minorities that have been getting the short end of the stick on this, and right-wingers persist on having a double standard um, along these lines, especially um, when it comes to freedom of speech. They say that um, if a right-winger um, makes a threat towards, a verbal threat towards another person, that's freedom of speech. But if the situation was reversed, then the person needs to be arrested and convicted. You know, that's just for an example. I also would like to see reform in terms of more prosecutions done against police officers that commit violent offenses towards civilians. We're not seeing that occurring so much. The scales have been heavily leaned upon where certain people committing the most heinous acts are not prosecuted and uh, giving free passes, but yet somebody else that commits the same act or even far less, they're thrown in the slammer? Does anybody else see something wrong with that? Marina, uh, what about the point Michael brings up regarding criminal justice reform um, with the actual police departments? Obviously, that's been uh, a very big issue in the past, you know, year or two. Um, yeah, after definitely. we've seen, you know, Michael Brown, the death of Michael Brown, with you know Officer Darren Wilson, and you know him not being prosecuted, and there's been uh, just countless incidents since. Um, has there been any talk uh, in the president's push for criminal justice reform uh, on that aspect of the issue? 
you're right. He has been a lot more outspoken about it since then. And I think the he said that the issue is is personal for him. I mean, he, you know, as the as the first black president, he feels because this is an issue that disproportionately affects the black community, he he feels like he he needs to be a bigger voice on it. But I think what's hard for him is that again, it's you know, he can talk about it, but a lot of these reforms unfortunately have to happen with the local police departments. Although he has been um, in the Department of Justice under Attorney General Loretta Lynch has proposed more programs to help with issues like, you know, de-escalation, making sure that police officers get training on that rather than just automatically, you know, reacting in, in a violent way uh, when faced with these situations. And then also um, re- reducing the militarization of police, not, you know, making sure that they don't have these, like, military-style weapons. So I think there's been some change on that level, but um, like I said, it's a lot of the issues lie with these local police departments in in trying to make these changes. That's not to say that President Obama can't do anything, but it seems, unfortunately, it seems like it's, it's more of a local issue. I think very well put. We're going to go to uh, a break here. We'll be joined on the other side with our guest, uh, Marina Fang. If you'd like to join us in our final segment, have any thoughts on the Ban the Bosch, uh, excuse me, Ban the Box initiative, whether or not you think uh, that should be implemented, which, again, would ban the box on the application uh, asking if you've ever been convicted of a crime. Is that a good idea? Um, basically gives uh, someone who's been convicted of a crime uh, a chance to have their application viewed with without the employer um, you know, maybe just solely looking at that and not giving them a chance, and then, then they would find out later in the application process. Um, the other issue uh, that Marina brought up is the president describing it in personal terms, and I thought one of the most telling comments he made was uh, when he visited a, a prison in, in a halfway house is that that could have, he visited, a, actually was the first president to visit a, a federal uh, prison uh, this, this past summer. Um, but he said, I, I could be sitting in one of these cells. You know, I, I did drugs. I experimented with drugs uh, when I was an adolescent. And due to the policies, I could have been in prison and never became president. So I think very uh, personal terms the president did uh, explain them in. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to join us, again, the number is 888-6LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real Talk, 888-6-LESLIE. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi in for Leslie Marshall. Before we wrap things up, I wanted to read a couple tweets. We asked what people thought of the Ban the Box initiative. Uh, should it be implemented? At Chaz Bottom says, no, employers should have the right to know who they are considering for employment. They have clients to consider. Uh, at Paul Loeb says, absolutely, we should ban the box. So many felons are just that due to ludicrous war on drugs. Uh, before we let you go for today, I wanted to give our uh, excellent guest, Marina Fang, the last word. Marina, go ahead. Um, well, thanks for having me on again. Um, 
Are there any particular Yeah, questions? just kind of what you wanted to leave the audience with going forward, uh, you know, with this, you know, executive action with the president, just kind of um, what we should look for. You know, I know you said legislation and uh, the how or excuse me, in Congress was the next thing to come. But are these do you think these are just going to stall um, now that the president has proposed them? You know, is he relying on Congress for anything to get done here? Well, I think um, so. His he. The White House released a statement about this ahead of his announcement yesterday, and they they just you know wanted to encourage Congress to try to move it forward. I think it's hard to say with the fact that some of this legislation hasn't even reached the floor, but I think it's encouraging that Obama himself has been much more outspoken about this and really wants to make this issue part of his legacy moving forward and as he concludes his presidency. Marina, thank you so much for joining us. You can check out Marina's work at HuffingtonPost.com. Her Twitter handle is at Marina Fang. That's M-A-R-I-N-A-F-A-N-G. It's been a pleasure filling in for Leslie today and yesterday. This is Mark Romaldi, Leslie's executive producer. Leslie will be back tomorrow at her normal time of 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. I want to thank my assistant producer, Andrew Tomedy. Hope all of you have a great evening, and we'll be back tomorrow.